you know, one of the things I say all the time, like I say this probably every year when I post, like on our anniversary, I post photos from our wedding. Our wedding was beautiful. Like I loved, it was perfect. Um, But my biggest flex is that my marriage is more beautiful than my wedding was. Welcome to Dottie's house. I'm Arvia Few, the founder of Dottie, and welcome to our podcast. So what is Dottie? Dottie is a community created for young Black people to connect socially and romantically. We are changing the conversation around dating, marriage, and intentionality. We're doing live events, we're matchmaking, and changing the conversation online. And that's why we're doing this podcast. There's so much to share and so many people we can't wait for you to meet in upcoming episodes. Thank you for joining. We are so excited today. We are speaking with an amazing couple, Danielle Cadet and Jonathan Wiggins. They have been married, you all, for four years. But let me tell you something. Not only have they been married for four years, these people, they're 36 years old. They own a house at the vine- at the vineyard and a home in Atlanta. So within four years, they've accumulated that kind of wealth. So I just want to start off with that and just that this is how we're going to get down. That's, that's what you need to know. So Danielle, she's amazing. She is executive vice president and head of content at Essence. And Jonathan, he is killing it as well. He is vice president and legal counsel at BlackRock. So when I tell you a power couple, power couple. We're talking about Northwestern and we're talking about Hampton. We're talking about two amazing individuals that we can really learn from. So we're really going to get into it and and just hear their story. And and thank you, you guys, for being here. It means a lot. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Oh, I must say that Danielle is an AKA and Jonathan is an alpha. So, you know, they probably had that whole mutual situation in common. And I'm not going to, you know, give them a hard time although I am a Delta, you know, divine nine, it's all good. But anyways, they met through a mutual friend. But I think what I want you guys to hear is how important or how special their second date was. And Danielle, I'd like for you to share about your second date and and how you kind of knew he was the one as a result of that second date. Um, We were actually supposed to go to, um, to a shooting range because I had a picture on my phone of me at a gun range and Jonathan being very observant was like, oh, like, why don't I, I take you to a gun range? We get to this gun range in like the middle of nowhere, Maryland, and it's going to be like a four hour wait for us to get, <laughs> for us to like go in. And we're both like, no, like there's just no way that we're just going to sit in the middle of nowhere, Maryland for, for that long. But when Jonathan had come to pick me up, which I will also shout out and he came to pick me up for I mean for like our first I mean for the first couple of months Jonathan always came to pick me up like pick me up and drop me off so when he came to pick me up he um used to drive a stick shift and I was very I was I was really excited because when I was in high school I had always wanted to learn how to drive a stick shift and I told him that I was like oh my gosh I've always wanted to learn how to drive a stick shift and so when we find out that this it's going to be a four hour wait. And I'm talking about the point where I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to call it. Jonathan's like, well, why don't we drive just to an empty parking lot and I'll teach you how to drive my car. And he was definitely like thinking on his feet for sure. And I was like, sure. And, well, okay. I'm lying. I was not like, sure. I was actually kind of scared because 
it just feels like it could be a volatile situation. Like I could mess up your car. I don't really know you like that. We're and, in an empty parking lot. This empty is parking weird. Lot. And teaching someone to drive could be really stressful. Like it can create a lot of stress. So I was like, this could either end, this could end really badly. And honestly, it was like the exact opposite. Like he was very calm. He explained all the steps, like very, like he just was, it was, he laid it out in a way that like made so much sense. He was just like, okay, you're gonna do this first and then you're gonna do this. And kind of walked me through it very calmly. And everything I did, he was just like, you're doing a really great job. Like, I was like, oh, did I do that right? And he was like, you did do that right. Or like, if I didn't do it right, he was like, okay, try it this way. Or it was just like, I felt without even really realizing it, I felt really safe in that experience. And it also ended up at a racetrack. Yeah, we, yeah, we like didn't know. We ended up at like the RFK Stadium racetrack, which like ended up being really awesome because it was perfect for me to shift gears in. And he was really great at explaining how I shift gears or how I downshift. Am I using the right terminology? And, and so he was just really encouraging and I felt really, really comfortable. And, you know, if I think about, if I fast forward now, six or seven years later, I think about who he is as a partner, but particularly as a parent um, and the way that he explains things to our daughter or walks her through things or encourages her. I saw, I, I, I saw those qualities in that first date. I mean, in that second date, <laughs> in that second date, I saw those qualities that day. Um, he's just like, it, it was, I found myself feeling safe and confident and we, we laughed and we joked and we just had a really good time. And there was something about that date that was just like, I mean, it's the best date I've ever been on in my life, hands down. Oh, so, so that's when you fell for him. It's how you make, how he made you feel. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Jonathan, what do you have to say about that? So in retrospect, I feel like a lot of our early dates, it, it kind of feels serendipitous, like a lot of things that happened. Um, I did not have a plan. All I knew was that once we got there for four hours, I'm like, I could be entertaining for uh, maybe an hour or two, <laughs> like four hours. I'm like, gosh, like this could be really, really badly if I have to be entertaining for four hours straight, just straight. I feel like it's a lot of pressure. So just trying to figure out something. Um, yeah, we ended up doing something, doing something cool. I liked her after our first date. <laughs> um, we went, we saw James Baldwin, I Am Not Your Negro. Um, yes. And we saw it at this like really cool theater. And at the time she was, she had just written something about James Baldwin. Like when I say serendipity, like, I don't know. I was, I was, I was hitting on a different level. You were, you were, you were. I, I was like, this is such a cool thing that we found and we did it. We had a great time. I was like, oh, I really like her. So um, it, it may have taken another, another day to, to convince her. But, um, but yeah, no, I think very early on, we, we knew that we were very. I love it. Well, you locked it in with that, with that uh, stick shift driving. Yeah. You locked it in. So Danielle, what would you tell our audiences about that experience? Like, how he made you feel like our what i'm hearing is our we need to pay attention to our bodies and we yeah. need to pay attention to how we feel in situations yeah uh, when we first meet someone and you felt secure yeah. you felt calm you felt protected you felt safe 
Absolutely. That, I mean, that translate to me, someone that you knew would be a good husband, father, and someone that would make your children feel that way. And, and we want to help our young people understand it's all about the long game. It's not about the short game. For sure. And, and Jonathan made you, Jonathan, you showed a side of you where she believed in you, where you could, she knew you would ride for her. You would be her ride or die. And you were, you were, you were someone that she could invest in and believe in. That's what I hear from that story, which I love so much from the little driving, the stick shift in the parking lot at the racetrack turn into like, you know, this is my man. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, you're absolutely right. I do think that again, I don't know that I was as cognizant of it in the moment, but looking back on it, I realized that like, you know, I think especially as like little girls, you, you, there's this fantasy of like butterflies and like, oh, my heart's beating really fast. And like this idea that like, I don't know, you're almost supposed to be like dysregulated when you meet your person. And I think that it's really important that people know that like, there's, you should really pay attention when you feel really calm. You, you should pay attention when you kind of lose track of time or when like you look up and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe, I can't believe I was that vulnerable or felt that comfortable open up, opening up or let this guy teach me how to drive his car. Like it was just something that I didn't really have to think about. I mean, I said it in my vows on our wedding day. Like I've never felt as safe with anybody as I have with Jonathan ever, like in my life. Um, That's beautiful. I even, like I joked too, like I've never met particularly a man who I felt was as smart as me and so like for him to for me to be like oh this person's gonna teach me something like that was really that was a that was just a it was new territory for me and I felt calm like I felt very very calm the entire time and you're absolutely right like I do think it isn't it, it I think when you date you have to you have to have the long game in mind it's not especially if you're dating for marriage and if you're and if you want children you have to think about life in its in its fullness and not just a particular moment with someone there's so many seasons in relationships and it's really important to pick a partner that you feel you can get through those seasons with I love it and and you know you guys are four years in but I know you're going to be 40 years in 60 years in like I, I see it you 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 glow and it's beautiful. Jonathan, for you, as a black man dating with lots of options, what was it about Danielle? What was it? I know you said the first date was serendipitous. You know, you guys went to see I'm Not Your Negro, James Baldwin. She's, you know, went to Northwestern journalism writer. So that was right up her alley. But, but what was it? What was it? I think the main thing was that it was easy. And it didn't take effort. Like we would look up and we'd be like, oh wow, we've spent a lot of time together, or like we really hit that off. We feel the same way about something. And then like that happens once or twice, like you know, dating, right? Like that's I think that's the bar to continue to see someone that like it works. But then over time, I think we both realize that this feels very natural. Like it doesn't take a whole lot from us in order for us to feel like we can like together be a unit. Um, and 
frankly, like it's not, it hasn't always been the case for me in, in life. Like not all relationships were easy. A lot of them required a lot. Um, you know, I guess this is what happens when you try to put a square peg into a round hole, but um, you end up having situations that aren't always super comfortable. Um, but for us, I think that I was amazed and shocked how each time we hung out, how how easy it was. And to your point earlier about like listening to those things and, and to Danielle's point about like the Disney movie and how love and relationships are portrayed on, on television. Like, I don't think television gets it wrong, but I do think it's a different feeling than butterflies. It's a calmness, it's a comfort. It's, it, it's actually the absence of all that, yeah. of all that um, anxiety maybe. Like instead of being nervous, I was very calm with her. Yeah. And I think that was something that uh, we both decided to listen to. Oh, that's beautiful. So another takeaway to our listeners, it's mm -hmm. very important to have as many experiences as possible because when you do meet that special one, you're going to know because your body is going to tell you, your mind's gonna tell you, your heart is going to tell you, but you have to have the experiences and take the risk and, and try and, and date. And I know it's much different now than it was when you guys were dating, but I really want our audience to really put themselves out there and invest in getting to know people and, and investing and invest in relationships so that when they do meet the right person, they'll know. And it's okay if you date someone and you know they're not the one. It's right. still a good thing to do, don't you think? I agree 100%. Yeah. I think like, like, part of it is getting to know other people, but I think through that exercise, what you're really doing is getting to know yourself. Absolutely. You're getting to know what it is that you need from a partner in a dating relationship like you're getting to know the type of person that you can and cannot ultimately be with and what you need to, to feel whole. And I think that that's the majority of what I learned in dating was like, okay, what type of situation is the most comfortable, is the most sustainable? And what type of partner do I need? And that's, that's, what, you, that's what you learn. That way, when you see it, you're ready. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I love it. It's beautiful. Now, you actually made a really good point yesterday about marriage, and I want you to talk about it. And you said it's not about getting married. You said getting married is not the end game. It's not about the end. You know, marriage is just the beginning. Talk to me yeah. about talk to the audience about that comment. Yeah, I mean, I it's something I talk about a lot because I feel like a lot of people, like social media. So you so like you said, like men are like social media is like the playboy right of like of uh, like what you know we once had but i think it also social media plays this really challenging role as people are looking for love because it's everybody's highlight reel right so all you really see is sort of like the happiness and the perfect times and you know, one of the things I say all the time, like I say this probably every year when I post, like on our anniversary, I post photos from our wedding. Our wedding was beautiful. Like I loved, it was perfect. Uh, but my biggest flex is that my marriage is more beautiful than my wedding was. And I really, I say that because I think there are a lot of people who see wedding photos. There are all these like incredible social media um, 
pages that have like beautiful black weddings and like all of that, right? You see these like huge thousand, hundreds of thousand dollar plus weddings, but you, that is not the end game. There's, that's just the beginning. There's a whole journey after that. And I think that it can get really dangerous when people are just seeing that and that is becoming the goal. The goal should be the life that is created, that you're creating after the wedding. And so, you know, for me, I would, I could do, I could live my wedding day over and over and over again. Like truly it was the most amazing day, but I'm more proud of the fact that I can live my life with my partner over and over and over again. Like I can wake up to this person every single day and that each day just gets better. And so I I say, I, yeah, I think it's a flex. I think it's a flex to have Amazing. a marriage that's more beautiful than a wedding. And I, I say that because I want people to want a marriage, to want the marriage more than they want the wedding. Like, yes. I think that- but the marriage, getting married is just the beginning. I mean, that's the beginning. Right. And, and when I say the marriage, I mean like the partnership, like the yes. long, the long tail. Yes. And and I think right now we oftentimes make the mistake of making the goal the wedding. The goal is you know the the that highlight reel when the goal should really be building a life with someone. And so you know I, I think it's everybody wants a beautiful wedding, of course, whether you do large, small, whatever you do, princess gown courthouse wedding, whatever it is, everyone wants that day to be beautiful, but you got to want your life, like your life partnership to be beautiful. And I think that's really important. And I, I think, I don't want to conflate two things that we've said. It might not seem like they make sense together. Like we said that in the beginning, it was easy, but then we talk about like the marriage being like figuring out the partnership and the partnership being the better thing. Right. Hey, it's not all easy. Yeah. Like yes. it's, yeah. it, you know, life happens. We, you, you know, you experience a lot of different things together. And to Daniel's point about the marriage itself being like the thing that you want to be very awesome and, and, and dope. I think that that means figuring out difficult situations and working through uncomfortable things. Yeah. And like, I, I, we're under no delusions of grandeur, like, you know, it takes a lot of work it does. and it does. I think that's a thing that perhaps people don't always uh, yeah I don't think people appreciate that I do like you know and I I get a ton of like dms you know talking about how great of a couple we are or how beautiful our family is but I which I'm so grateful for um I think it's really important that if we're talking about our relationship that we're really honest about like the fact that it can be really hard. I mean, in our first year of marriage, we moved, got pregnant, experienced serious losses in both of our families. Um, my grandmother passed, Jonathan's mother passed. We had our baby. We both started new jobs. I mean, we had major life shifts before we had even celebrated our one year anniversary. And it that was hard. It was like balancing really high highs was really low lows. There was a lot of uncertainty. I mean, we got married six months before COVID hit. We like, we got married in October and by March, 2020, we were like stuck in an apartment together. Like I traveled a lot. I went from traveling a lot to, for work. I was home two weeks out of the month. And then we were home with each other all the time. And so that was that it was a shift. It was, there was a shift from our 
courtship, to our marriage, to who we are as parents, to who we are as professionals, to what we needed in new jobs, to what we needed in a new city. We left DC where we had a really, really big community. We came to Atlanta where we didn't have as big of a community. What we needed from each other changed. People have to be prepared for all of those things. And that's why choosing your partner, you have to understand the ebbs and flows of life and re remember that you're not the same person you were five, 10 years ago. And so you, you that's naturally going to happen in your partnership. And you need to, in choosing a partner, you need to choose somebody who will grow with you. Like you, neither of you are stagnant beings. And, and also Jonathan made this point yesterday that you're committing to working it through. You're when you're getting married, you're saying, I am committing to staying. Because it I could leave. Like it, you could leave, but I am committing to actually figuring it out and being intentional about making sure my marriage lasts. Um, and that that's that's not an easy thing to do. And I think that people really need to, young people especially need to understand that. Sure, it made its rounds on everyone's social media. Is Michelle Obama talking oh, yeah. about yeah. her marriage to Barack? And you know, for all of us, we're like, oh my goodness, it's the Obamas, like everything is perfect. Yeah. But you know, her vulnerability, I thought, was really, really amazing. Where she essentially admitted, like, it's not, yeah. it's not always easy. There are long periods of time when it might be uncomfortable, where it might not feel fair, and all that, all those things. But Again, the institution is one that requires sacrifice and working through it. Yeah. The institution is one that requires sacrifice and working through it. Definitely relate to all the highs and all the lows. And I can also relate to your first year of marriage. Our first, our first year of marriage, my dad was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. He was given six months to live. I got pregnant nine months after we were married, very similar to your situation. We moved, new jobs. So very similar situations. And you really learn during those times how your partner is going to be when times get hard. Oh, and 100%. I feel blessed that that happened early in our marriage because it gave me the security to know that I am good. We've been yeah. through all of this and, and I am good. So you guys are good. Because yeah. once you've been through all of that early on, you're so much more secure in your marriage. Whatever is going to come your way, you're good. Those are some of the biggest stresses. Moving, death, in a marriage. Those are the two hardest things what, that could bring on divorce. And you've Absolutely. already understood it. And it's four years in, so you're winning. I was having lunch with a girlfriend today and we were talking about... Um, our our husbands and, and it's funny because we both have kids around the same age and we have both been through the challenge of like new motherhood and the wave of like sometimes I want to strangle my husband right and then today we were talking and we were like man like when I tell you that is my homie like that is my like that is my, like there is no one on earth ever that like I can do this life with like both of us were looking at each other like Seriously, like I would go to war for this person. And it, it, it you know, I think it, when I say that too, I do think the other thing that's really important in marriage is community, like is really having community around you and having other people who are intentional about their relationship and intentional about their marriage and who you can talk to and relate to. 
you know, I think for us, community has been so important. That same best friend who introduced us is married to my best friend. So like- Oh, stop are, it. Are you yeah. serious? You didn't tell me that. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so were they dating friend. when you met? Yeah, yeah. So he, um, I introduced him to one of my best girlfriends. Um, and they started dating actually like shortly after we started dating. And by, by the time, by our wedding, they were date, like, they were dating each other. Oh, and, that's beautiful. Um, and now they have a beautiful baby boy and, and they're part of our community. They're part of our, you know, and I do think that's really important to have community around. It's critical. Yeah. It I mean, critical. have the people who will hold you accountable, who will push back at you and who will, you know, really be a sounding board for you as you work through, as you work Absolutely. through. Absolutely. It is critical. I want to get into that, the communication piece. But before I get into that, can we talk about sex? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get into it. I mean, why not? No, I'm just, you guys are both very busy. You yeah. travel a lot. The pandemic is over. You know, is that something that you have to schedule into your day or I know it's important. So, yeah. you know, let's just talk about it. Yeah. Jonathan, I, mean, I want Jonathan to talk about yeah, it. Because, you, <laughs> you know, men have needs. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, look, I mean, Dale and I, when we were dating early on, we used to make fun of the people who needed to reserve time to do anything. We're like, look, I mean, we used to be at restaurants being like, they're obviously on a date night, right? Like judging people, like, I don't know, in, in this way that in retrospect, it was like silly. Um, because like nowadays, we're those people, we're, we're the people who, um, you know, left our own devices, we might not tap in to each other. And I think that if you romanticize the idea of a relationship, then you might not think that you'll have to work in anything, sex included, like intimacy included, spending time, like, no matter what it is. And I think that if you want to be intentional, if you want to prioritize the things that you care about, then like that being intimate is one of those things as well. Like you have to be intentional about it because unfortunately, you know, when you get busy, and I think we both do this. Um, With a two-year-old. Yeah. We we pull from ourselves before yeah. we pull from anywhere else. Yeah. Like work still gets 100% of us our daughter still gets 100% of 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 us and then like we stop probably tapping into what we need as as individuals or as a couple yeah and we we learned that we noticed that that that, that happened so in order to counteract that we have to be very intentional yeah i mean it's it's jonathan makes that point all the time it's it's so he's so right like i do think whenever i'm pulling from any area of my life it always feels like I can't pull from work. I can't pull from my child. And it's easy to pull from your partner because you're like, well, he's fine. Like, he's okay. Like, he's going to be, he's going to be okay. And I think it's the most dangerous thing that we can do is, is assume that you can constantly pull from, that you can constantly pour out of that cup because eventually you look at the cup and it's empty. Right. And so I do think and we admittedly have made that mistake where we're like, we look at the cup and we're like, oh, we have not poured into each other in a long time. Or like, we haven't had a conversation. We haven't, I, I mean, even the things that like lead to just easy intimacy, right? Like communication and time spent, 
you, you take those things and next thing you know, like you just haven't really been intentional about being with each other. And we had to be, I mean, we had to be like kind of brutally honest with ourselves about that because I think that, yeah, to John's point, like we kind of joked about like, oh, that's never, you don't need to be the one. You just naturally connect with someone, of course, who needs to schedule a date night? Like who needs to schedule sex? But the reality is that like life happens and like, you do, like you do need to, it needs to be as much of a priority to you as anything else. Like, you know, I think like there are all those memes about like, you have to schedule time with your friends, right? Like you have to schedule time, like at this point in our lives, like you have to schedule almost anything. Like there are those memes like, it's not on my calendar, it's not happening. Well, it's low key the same thing when it comes to sex. I love it. Which doesn't feel like sexy, right? Right, but you have to do it. You You have have to to schedule it. So so another big takeaway, party people is relationships take work. Well, you've heard that. But you have to be intentional about all things, including your sex life. And if that means scheduling it and putting it on a calendar, because you're both so busy and both type A's and you both have a lot going on, you do what you have to do. I love it. You're four years in, you have a two-year-old. I remember those times. It's busy times. Yeah, especially- And you're tired and everybody's tired. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think if if there's anything else that I I really do, I wanna speak to young folks and folks who have young kids. I do think it's it's a tough chapter. We're still very much in the thick of it. Um, I think it's been really helpful for us to have, again, community of folks with other little kids, but also people who have, who've been through it, who can tell us like, you, you will get to the other side of this, of this chapter and of this stage. It is really, I mean, to your point about Michelle Obama, she talked a lot about when the girls were little, right? Like it is really hard when you have little kids and you know, it, it, it consumes so much of your life and it does kind of feel like you can lose each other in that. And so it is really, really important to be intentional about connecting with each other, particularly in that time when it feels like the only thing you can do is be all in on your kid, but like you end up, you have to treat your marriage like it's a child too. Like I, my, I remember my therapist telling me like, your marriage is only a little bit older than your daughter. And so you wouldn't tell, you wouldn't expect your four-year-old daughter to just like be okay. You shouldn't expect your four-year-old marriage to be okay. Oh, I love that analogy. I love that. That's great. That's really good. The other big takeaway from this conversation so far around marriage is, you know, we don't get married to be happy. Like it is, you know, Yes, you will achieve happiness from marriage, but marriage is about building a lifelong relationship and partnership that's going to stand the test of time. So you're not going to be happy all the time, party people. I want you to to consider that and, and remember that. And it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it, I think that we sort of, there's this fear that like, you know, if anything, if anything goes wrong, and we've definitely dealt with that. Like, I do think, like, I always joke that, like, I have had partners, I've had boyfriends that I fought really well with, like, 
Uh, Jonathan and I do not fight well, like, because we never really fight. So like, we don't fight well. And I do think in the beginning, it was almost scary. Like we were like, oh my God, it was, was so easy. So like, it felt like broken if we like fought, but it's not something to be afraid of. It is really, that is how you grow. That is how you learn more about yourself and your partnership. It is how you, it is how your marriage matures. And, you know, I do think that I am very grateful for the times when it has gotten a little uncomfortable. Jonathan does not, he is very um, non-confrontational. Jonathan is non-confrontational. I am the opposite. (laughs) And so like, we have had to learn how to navigate that, you know? And, um, you know, even for me, like learning that he's non-confrontational, I was like, okay, well then I'm going to like, crush down that part of myself that like can turn up. Right. But I also just had to be my fullest self and he had to be his fullest self. And we had to learn what yeah. the other person needed in that and how to, what was be beneath all of that. Um, and I think every, we're still learning that, but I do think that people spend a lot of time sort of afraid to feel like anything goes wrong and that's just not realistic. And we just, you just gotta be more realistic than that in your relationship. I do think that you guys are a healthier generation though, um, being 36 and even our clients that are in their twenties, it's almost everyone has a therapist and everybody drops my therapist, my therapist. It's almost like now my personal trainer, like if you don't have a therapist, like it's, oh, it's, it's definitely become a thing. Like people are very clear if they have not done the work on themselves, if they do not have a therapist or if they have not been to therapy, I'm not interested in engaging. Um, And I do think that that's come out of COVID and social media. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's, I think it's good because people are are way more self-aware now than they ever were Um, and, and are very comfortable as a culture. We've never been comfortable talking about, I'm going to therapy. Yeah. I mean, I think what I would add for that is to that, I agree with you is also couples therapy, right? Like as we're getting comfortable, as we've gotten more comfortable with personal therapy, We've got to get more comfortable with couples therapy too, and not thinking that you're only going to couples therapy because something's wrong in your relationship. Um, you know, I do think the same way you would go, you know, do an annual checkup or you would go, you know, you would go to the dentist regularly. You should see a personal therapist and a couples therapist regularly. I think it's absolutely shouldn't wait until like you don't want to wait until you have a tumor to go to the doctor for the first time. So Hello. Same thing with with therapy. It's a relationship workout. We need to, you know, it's just like going to the spa, going to get our nails done. You know, we do the therapy. It's self-care and and it's couples care and it's marriage care. And and that should become the norm. Yeah. I love I love how you how you worded that. You know, we should not wait until there's a problem. Going to couples therapy is only going to help your marriage in the long term. It's going to help you be a better mom, a better dad, a better friend, a, a, you know, a better coworker, all of those things. For sure, for sure. A better lover, definitely. Because you know, we gotta love. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta love. That's very important. Gotta make love in marriage. So, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? I think this has been great. I think the takeaway is that it's it's work um, and don't run away from it just because it's work. It's work that's worth it. 
yeah. that that you know identify it as a as, as a goal, which we we did. And anyone probably listening probably feels a little similarly that partnership is worth it. Um, and then just be intentional. Yeah. I think that's the thing that we both are in our personal lives and in our professional lives um, as a couple. Um, and that intentionality helps ensure that you, you get to where you want to go. If I'm speaking to the women, particularly Black women, who this was something I struggled with, was there are so many other aspects of my life that I could control, right? And like, I could not control my dating life. So it just felt very much like, well, I can't control that. So like, I'm not going to be intentional there. Um, and I do think there's a level of intention. I know, you know, obviously you can't control another person. You can't make another person do anything, but there is a level of intention that you can have in your dating life. If you want, you know, if, if, if partnership is what you want, there is a level of intentionality that you can have in your dating life that can, I, I do think can certainly lead to, to life partnership. So I encourage, you know, the, the, hardworking, smart, very high achieving black women who are pouring into their career because it feels like the only thing that they can control. I encourage you to put a, put a bit of that energy into the intentionality behind learning what, who you are, what you need and putting yourself out there. And I think you'd kind of be surprised at what you find. Oh, okay. You know, I love that. We got to end on that note. Being intentional and not, yes, it, it's, you struck a chord when you just said it's something that they can't control. We can't control that. Women can't control that part of their lives. And I think that is, I think you nailed that. That's a very good insight, actually, Danielle. Thank you. That we do pour so much of our time into our careers because it's something we can control and the education. But just like anything else, when you put that same amount of time and, and, and intentionality into your love life, if that's a goal, that will happen for you as well. Yeah. It, it truly will, but you just have to be willing to be uncomfortable, to take the risk. And you are going to have some rejection yeah. and you are going to have some hurt but it is okay because just like you have conquered everything else, your education, your career, you will conquer this too and you will win. And I wanna see you guys out there being intentional, which is the reason why we started Dottie in the first place. You deserve all of that and more, trust me. Absolutely, I love that, <laughs> I love that. No, that's a really good point though. You made a really, I, I'm just, that's a really, I that insight is very, that's a very strong insight. Thank you. So thank you for sharing. I'm so yeah. happy to have you guys on. Thank you for having us. This is like, I mean, even for like, I think for us, it's nice to even have these conversations. We don't even get to do this very often. So it even feels like it brings a closeness for us too. So that's oh, awesome. Oh, I'm glad. Well, you guys are a beautiful couple inside and out. Thank you have you. a wonderful story. And I'm just, I'm excited to see how the future goes what the future is in store for you all, because you're already killing it at 36 years. I just can't imagine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. This was great. We loved this. Thanks for thinking of us for this. Thanks for listening to Dottie's House. We'd love to know your thoughts about today's episode. Join the conversation on Instagram. Follow us at The Dottie Club. 
And if you're looking for your happily ever after, apply today at thedottyclub.com. Be sure to follow our podcast wherever you listen so you can join us for the next episode.